0: Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. Unfortunately, Christmas is prime time for Islamic extremists. And a month ago, U.S. intelligence agencies warned of terror attacks in Europe over the holidays. Yesterday, as we've been hearing, 12 people were killed when someone driving a truck slammed into a Christmas market in Berlin, Germany. 50 others were injured. It happened the same day that the Russian ambassador to Turkey was killed by a gunman shouting Islamic rhetoric and three Muslims were killed by a gunman in Zurich. Switzerland. Ross McLean, a counterterrorism expert, joins me now. And uh, Ross, you have some breaking news about security pr- precautions here at home.
2: Yes, uh, Libby. You know, as we saw with the Berlin uh, ec- Christmas uh, uh, festival over there they had that problem and what we have here in the Toronto Christmas marketplace down in our distillery district which is one of the largest marketplaces Christmas marketplaces in North America it's got a great uh, attendance by people they now have just put up new uh, cement blocks around all the entrances into the area to prevent any similar such thing as a truck being able to get into the area.
1: Wow, and you just saw that uh, driving here on the way here, right?
2: On the way over, I got the call to come over and speak on your show, and I thought I'd stop by and see what was happening at our uh, Christmas marketplace. And sure enough, they've got big blocks up, uh, private security guards, uh, cars in front of the gates, so uh, they 're certainly taking it serious that way and and uh, your newsroom here has confirmed with with the police that it was the distillery people who put it up themselves in the distillery district, not the police that have done it, so they 're taking their precautions to keep people safe here so it 's already affected us here. Something happens in Berlin, this tragedy, and uh, here it 's affecting us here
1: well uh, f- speaking for myself, that would just make me feel uh, all the more comfortable about going there and enjoying. The holiday there, and the season there, and shopping there. I mean, uh, thank goodness people are taking this seriously because it's serious. Christmas uh, is a target for Islamic extremists. Uh, they refer to Christians as crusaders.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, one of the issues we have to be concerned about in North America, and it was, of course, it was talked up famously in the U.S. election, is how do you slow down this uh, this increase in the terrorism? You know, you're we talking about restricting immigration and these sort of things. But you're going to see going forward in a lot of our city centers and our town squares, they're going to have to start budgeting and thinking about putting up uh, bullards and protections or changing the way that trucks are able to move near uh, places where the public gather to celebrate hold meetings or do whatever it 's something that has to be looked at uh,
1: what do you make I mean so far, it looks like it is it 's Euro, Europe and Turkey. Uh, do you feel that we are less threatened here in Canada and in North America generally?
2: Well, there's going to be less of the people that have the mindset how to do that over here. Of course, over there, they were overwhelmed with the migration. Certainly Germany was, France is. They're overwhelmed with it. You, you have to keep in mind that these, these terrorists, they're not... This is not an army that's being fought. These aren't soldiers. There is no soldier, no army anywhere that is going to get in a in a transport truck and go driving over families and children. That that mindset isn't there. It's against the the war conventions acts that we have and all of those things. You don't fight that way. So and the only people who would fight that way are the ones who have that mindset. That that other people who aren't of their religion, doesn't matter if they die, they want to inflict terror on them and they want to get their Single caliphate, so uh, it 's the mindset that you really have to fight against here, and I think we certainly do have less of that mindset here than over in Europe, but we do have it here. We have had terror acts here, certainly in Canada and in the states.
1: Now, I would have thought that European authorities uh, would be better at preventing things, particularly if they 're on high alert is it Is it just a matter that Because these things are done perhaps by these so-called lone wolves, it's very hard to get at? Or is this some kind of failure of European intelligence?
2: Well, it's an interesting question. The tactics that they're using, of course, of someone who just hijacks a truck, jumps in a truck and goes and drives over uh, a bunch of people. If there was not a lot of advanced intelligence about that, there was no communication about it. These are just people who perhaps get the signal that this is the day we want to do it. And off they go. That is very hard uh, to prevent and stop. And so that's the sort of tactics that they're using. Um, I was listening to one intelligence expert today who says what they're noticing is people go from uh, before being radicalized, they'd be radicalized for like a year and a half, and there was a sense that people knew that they were changing. Uh, But now it seems they go from being off the radar, radicalized, and committing these uh, atrocious acts within days. So the response time is a lot harder for uh, authorities.
1: And uh, also, the way this would done it now we really do not have this story straight yet to right. be perfectly honest, but what it looks like with the truck bombing was that a truck was stolen in Poland the driver of the truck was killed, and uh, they just used that and and probably the driver was killed before he was able to alert. Uh, his people that that anything happened to that truck
2: Yeah, we're, we're hearing on background and like you said a lot of this isn't confirmed But I have seen um, on some of the German newspapers uh, They have reported that, as you said this was a truck that was uh, taken probably in Poland. It was hijacked uh, The driver was killed and apparently uh, once again, this is to be confirmed the driver used to deliver uh, With that truck into into some of the more dangerous no-go Muslim parts of uh, Poland, apparently, and he complained to his family that he was uh, scared about it being safe for him to go into. And uh, post the truck being taken and driven into all this and his body being found, uh, they contacted a relative of the of the dead driver who confirmed that uh, this is our truck and that's our, our guy would not do that. This was likely a hijacking. But this is still yet to be confirmed.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like... Uh are we are we into a whole bunch of new methods
2: no we're not in a whole bunch of new methods what we're what we're up against is a whole bunch of um methods taking place everywhere. As you said, we had an attack in uh, Turkey, we had the attack in Berlin, we had the attack in Switzerland, and we haven't. I haven't seen the details on it yet, but the same day earlier out in Vancouver, BC, a man was uh, shot by police with a machete uh, out on the rails there. I don't know that that was connected yet, because once again, they're not putting out the information to say that it was connected. So we're certainly seeing rashes of these uh, coming up, and people are responding. As we've said, we've responded here in Toronto with the Distillery District. Uh, the NYPD has said they've Put out 500 more counterterrorism police out on their streets, and they're doing the same in the UK.
1: Well, with the NYPD, uh, they've beefed up security because they've got their president elect Donald Trump living right on Fifth Avenue.
2: Yeah. And, you know, an interesting thing about that, you know, we, we, we look at this assassination of the of the Russian ambassador. And uh, this is really quite something. I mean, this is an ambassador who's supposed to be protected by this by Turkey. It's their responsibility to protect the embassy and protect the ambassador. And they had one of their own police officers uh, infiltrate, get that close to him. I don't know how that happened unless they were being very, very lax about their security or if others were involved with him. And he was executed like right on camera with the camera right there capturing the whole thing for the world to see. Um, that's serious stuff. Don- Donald Trump, it's interesting enough, it's, they're saying that when he goes into the White House, he's bringing his own private security people in with him. He wants his own people there working with the Secret Service.
1: Wow! Well, Donald Trump is uh, is doing a whole bunch of things that are, to say the least, unconventional. Uh, people, I'm going to give you the numbers again because we want to hear from you. What do you make of these Christmas? terror attacks? Uh, do you feel that we are taking enough precautions here at home? Uh, what do you think of it? 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 740 And I am here with Ross McLean, who is a counterterrorism and security expert. And uh, Ross... What else are you seeing that might be a change from what's normal around Christmas? Maybe, you know, normally people are a little more relaxed or whatever.
2: Well, certainly the, the trouble is for people who are traveling and who are traveling in Europe. There's warnings that have been put out. There were warnings put out. Uh, by the US government about Berlin and, and that whole area before these attacks took place so if you're traveling with your family its something you have to be careful about when you're going out because they are picking places uh, where tourists typically are they're not just uh, hitting native germans per se they're looking for tourists um, so it's, it is something to be concerned about we're not out of the woods yet we're going through a big change in the world with the change of the presidency in the u.s uh, in many you know there'll be many people who tell you in the in the defense industries that it's not necessarily a nice thing to say, but they see that President Obama is being weak. Uh, they they like harassing him. You've got the Chinese uh, picking up, going after the missiles you had. He failed to deal with the red line in Syria. And you're going to see a lot going on prior to the new President Trump coming in. And when he comes in, you're going to see a, a reshuffling of the of the cards and the positions at the poker table when he comes in, because he's going to bring a whole new uh, a whole new weight to the game about how these deals are going to be handled.
1: Well, yes. I mean, there's also a lot of controversy. He seems to be selectively accepting security information, which I'm not sure is that good. If it fits his narrative, it's it's fine. But he sort of did not accept that there was russian meddling in the election when the security agencies checked this out and said there was so uh on the one hand uh he's tougher or will be perceived as tougher but if but if he only uh you know accepts his own facts, that's not going to be a good thing either.
2: Well, I think the, th- the the clear point that you made, and I think we can agree on, is it's going to be a new game when he's <laughs> okay, there. Okay, yeah. Because he will. I mean, everything he has stepped into so far, he has put noses out of joint. He has put them out of joint, but he's ended up coming out on top with each of his battles. So he's going to hopefully bring that to dealing with these issues. And he talked specifically about NATO before early on, yeah. saying it needs to turn its, uh, its awareness to terrorism and start dealing with terrorism and working together to do that. So... I think the terrorists are going to try and get their licks in while they can, but prior to January 20th, so.
1: Okay, well, uh, we will see what happens. Uh, let's take a couple of calls. We've got Andrew in Toronto. Hello, Andrew.
3: Uh,
1: I'm not sure. Can, 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 can I, I can't hear you very well, but. Uh, hi there. Hi.
3: Yeah. I just have a question about the no-go zones that were mentioned by your guest earlier, and I'd like to know when did they start popping up and why are they allowed
2: Well, it's different for each country. I'm not that familiar with Poland, uh, what the issues are in Poland, but certainly I'm familiar with and most of them have seen what's been going on in France. And uh, what's happened is you have um, the governments either allow this excess immigration or it just comes flooding in on top of them. Uh, They set up camps and they go into places. Um, The police are told to stay back and not deal too handily with them. And uh, the police are getting overwhelmed. I mean, you can go on... YouTube and see videos of French police getting uh, their cars kicked and getting in fights and rocks unbelievable it's it's pretty scary in parts of uh, France that's for sure
1: oh and in Sweden as well in yes. in Malmo and uh, there are places in Holland as well i mean it's it's like when a criminal element takes over a neighborhood uh, you have to turn down your radio andrew Okay, sorry, sorry.
2: You know, we, we even had that on a small basis here in, in Toronto. I remember when I was in the police department, we had certain areas of the town we'd go into. We'd have yeah. to send in one car, police car, to go in and do the call. We'd send another police car and to watch the police car so it wouldn't get, uh, you know, you know, wow, that, stuff thrown on and everything you know, else. So it happens.
1: I, I worked in New York uh, in the 80s before Rudy Giuliani, and there were a lot of neighborhoods like that. And, uh, and, it, and it, it, you know, obviously it wasn't Islamic extremists then, it was Hell's Angels or whatever. And it was just no-go zones, yeah. Uh, no-go, you aren't going there.
3: Well, that just seems like we're providing them a foothold in our cities, and it doesn't seem fair, doesn't seem safe. It's difficult enough to protect, uh, you know, innocent people that are enjoying themselves this time of year, but then to have that happen, it's disgusting, and it's happening way too often.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, these are these are innocent people who are protected yeah. by any convention uh, of warfare. It just should not be happening. And
3: you know, anyway, but thanks for taking my call. But honestly, in these no-go zones, that is a very bad idea, and they should stop. We should stop this. If there's an opportunity to stop it, then it has to be stopped. Uh, because this is this is, um, you know, I, I know I don't know if we have them here or not. I know you mentioned TO, I know you mentioned New York, but uh, this is the way. A long
1: time ago. Well. It- you know, they were stopped in New York. It used to be an extremely dangerous place in it, the 80s, and now yeah. it isn't. It's like Disneyland.
2: No, and the police uh, are trying. The police are doing a pretty good job here with a lot of the communities, too, getting in and bedding in the communities. Uh, but once yeah. again, that's another point that uh, President-elect Trump has brought up. He says he wants to establish safe zones in Syria. Where he says, we'll safe send in zone, our military yeah. to protect them so that they don't have to go flooding into these other countries that can't yeah. look after them. They can't feed them. They can't police them. They can't give them jobs. And it's uh, it's just a really... Uh, a terrible thing. And you've got a lot of young military age men that are in these crowds who got no employment, nothing to do, but trouble right. the cause. Yeah, exactly.
3: Well, thanks again for taking my call. Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Bye bye.
1: Okay. Nick in Oakville. Hi, Nick.
3: Hi. You know, it's funny because if a drone comes along and obliterates my family, you know, it's, it's not easy to see how these people can become radicalized. You know, when the United States is involved in attacking how many countries at any given moment, and you're going in and wasting collateral damage, as they call it, wasting people, innocent people that have nothing to do with nothing, and then they wonder how these people become radicalized. You know, they, they grow up in a country that's been destroyed. They have nothing to live for. They have no hope. They're disillusioned. And then you wonder why they become radicalized. You know, and and these people, they live for, they want conflict. They perpetuate it. They go in and they stir things up. They bring down democratically elected governments and they put in their puppets. And then they remove their puppets. Just a minute. What what democratically
1: elected government are you uh, referring to in Syria?
3: No, I'm not talking about Syria. I'm talking about Iran. Oh, you know, before they when they put you're, in the Shah,
1: you're, to, you're talking about Mossadegh you know, back in 53. They've
3: been there for, ever since oil became important, and they've been causing trouble there for over a hundred years.
1: Yeah, well, they, you that know. was you're referring to the 19, 1953 when a communist was elected Mossadegh in, in Iran, and mm. uh, yeah, the CIA uh, was totally implicated in getting rid of him. Uh,
3: exactly. But like, this is nothing new. They, they've been this is ongoing, causing trouble over there because of whatever for oil for their friends
1: Okay, well, let's okay, ask we Ross. Do you think that that if the United States uh, did not involve itself or people backed off, do you think that that this terrorism would
2: stop? Well, the, the history is what the history yeah. is throughout the Middle East and whatnot, and there there is there goes is back
1: a lot longer a than lo- that. too, yes. Yes. yes,
2: it goes back a long way. And some of the biggest problem with instability throughout that whole belt line from Indonesia all the way up into the Middle East is the fact that you do have um, you know Muslim countries that mix uh, state uh, state law with the religion, and there's always fights going back and forth, and there's the, of course, the massive uh, Shia Sunni part of this war too, and there really is just a lack of uh, of care for life around there. You know, you can say that the U.S. has done a lot of uh, things, and they do have collateral damage, but I know that they've also done a lot of uh, hard work over there in cleaning uh, cleaning places up. It's the, the rules of engagement are pretty tough. But, uh, you know, it's when you're going after citizens and children and with, you know, in the middle of a city with the truck, that's by no means a, a square way of doing. Yeah, things.
1: well, I guess, um, and uh, Nick, sorry, <laughs> Andrew was the last caller. Uh, we have to take a break. Nick. Uh, you know, Nick, you have the traditional liberal view that that blames, you know, would blame the so-called imperialist powers. And you think this would. And if uh, the involvement and, you know, I mean, I'm saying uh, I I would disagree with that, but, you know, I certainly uh, understand your opinion.
3: I heard a saying, the Arabs say that before the oil, nobody cared about us. And once they don't need the oil, nobody's going to care about us again. Uh, So...
1: I'm not, not entirely sure. They, 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 they have been, uh, those parts of the world have been part of big empires for well, a very long exactly, time. Exactly, exactly. It's been going
3: on forever. And Russia has their sphere of influence as Syria. And the United States wants to rule it all.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, there's there's lots to look into it. You know, Saudi Arabia, of course, has uh, just a ton of money from their oil, and they're also one of the big biggest sponsors of, of terrorism yeah, of ISIS. It's and- like
3: you know, if you if you they create conflict, they want conflict for whatever reason. Because that, it's, that's what it seems like. It's like instead of trying to solve problems, instead of military going in there and trying to fix things and build things and win the hearts and minds. No, they go and destroy, destroy, and then they wonder why all these people are, you know, all, all these groups pop up and, and all the, you know, whatever. You know, they're easily swayed to get on board with the some coup's ideas of what Islam is and what, all this other stuff. It's, you know, it's a big slumozo, and they and they perpetuate it. They keep it going.
1: Okay, Nick. Thanks for your call. Okay. Bye. 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 Okay, we've got to take uh, a break. And, and by the way, uh, a lot of people, including Canadians in Afghanistan, trying to build and do the right thing. And uh, that, that's not really going so well either. <laughs> so, well, it's, uh, yeah. it's it's
2: tough. I'll agree with Nick. There's some money we on different sides ahead. of this. And it's hard to get and, out of the way of that and, money.
1: And, and uh, a lot of people are playing all sides like Saudi Arabia. They, spawn, they export sponsor terrorism. Uh, they're big buds with the Americans. And we just learned, you know, growing ties between Saudi Arabia and Israel. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> okay. Well, with all of that, uh, we are not going to uh, be able to totally wrap our heads around Middle Eastern politics in the half hour, but we will be back with more on the other side of this break. I'm with Ross McLean. The numbers to call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And we'll be back after this.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Oh, no. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. I am here with Ross McLean, counterterrorism expert. And uh, we have just a few minutes left in this segment. Uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Joy in Toronto.
4: Hi, Joy. Oh, Hello. Thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. Um, my input is that we have to be very careful how we couch this. The way you opened it, it's that it's, Christmas is sort of an open season for Muslim terrorists, right? Uh, which is, to a certain extent, speaking to the facts. But we have to remember that Muslims themselves have been the largest group of people murdered by these terrorists. By far. And that this whole issue is multifaceted, historical, uh, in terms of what the other gentleman has mentioned, in addition to the fact that you have unresolved issues in the Middle East between all those state countries, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, right? My biggest concern has been the feeding of arms to the population of the world. This could easily have happened in America. Right. Yep. Absolutely. It's a country given over to the ownership of guns and this trade, which did not go on under the British. The British had an empire that was not ruled with this level of terrorism. But the Americans and other countries, and I'm not going to name them right now, have peddled arms all over the world. So now it is commonplace, whether in our cities with the black population shooting each other up, wherever it has gone, it has, it's been a holocaust. And we're paying the price for wealth at the cost of people's lives with this arms trade, now all conflicted with isms and issues and conflicts. So we can trace it back however we want, the imperialist history, etc. But this shift to an ongoing arms trade all over the world has bedeviled populations, poor populations, and allowed misguided youth to wreak havoc. where n- None of this would have happened 50 years ago.
1: Okay, thank you Joy. Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: You know, Joy Joy covers some yes. some good points there. Yes. And I think it is good that people do educate themselves about the history of this. Yeah. But let's be clear about yeah. something. Christmas is a target for these Islamic terrorists. They've written about it, they've said it, they've called for it, and that's why it happened.
1: Yeah, you for this were just going through uh, the glossy Isis magazine. The
2: magazine it reads it right on there tells you how to do it, tells you how to kill, makes recommendations how to do it, go after the infidels. You know, and the and the one line of distinction I'll draw, she did talk about well, yeah, but Muslims... Muslims, they more die from these people than other Muslims. True. It is is true. But it's because it's not a race thing. It's a, you're an infidel on their side or you're not. And well, if you're on the other side, they will kill you. They don't care if you're the infidel other Muslim or if you're the infidel Christian or the infidel whatever. So this is some of the issue well, that we have in, to deal Well, in with.
1: geopolitical terms, it's, it's the Shiites, which is Iran, against the Sunni Muslims, which led by Saudi Arabia.
2: And any infidels, anybody who is not part of that. So that's why the, those two countries fight. That's why the fights are there. But it's also why they won't get along with anybody else. And this is the radical side of it. Of I mean, let's be clear, yeah. we're not painting everybody with one brush, and if you grow up and the radical Wahhabi uh, part of Saudi Arabia, you're going to be a whole lot different than a peaceable Muslim who grew up in, uh, let's say, in Indonesia doing, you know, with a different thing. There's a lot of of inputs here.
1: Yep. Okay, Uh, Ross, we're going to have to uh, wrap this segment up. What would you like to uh, leave us with?
2: Oh, I'd like to leave everybody with having a happy Christmas and that we can get through this and everybody's safe and that security forces do their job, intelligence forces do their job. You know, I know you're going to be talking about uh, some travel and some good things. And you know what? Travel is good. If, if you look at travel, look up for your warnings from the, uh, from the government department about so where to go. You travel to a safe place. You make sure uh, your travel agents can advise you about the safety and security there. And you travel with open eyes. You can still travel, but you have to travel uh, with some good advice.
1: Okay, and and Ross, thank you for promoing our next segment, which is going to be coming up after the break, and that is travel. Today is the busiest travel day of the holiday season, and uh, we're going to have a lot more for you on that. Ross McLean, thanks very much.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.